Hello, hello, and welcome back to part two of our series, Seven Keys That Will Make You Recession Proof. No matter what the news tells you, no matter what social media tells you, what the Facebook prophets tell you, this is what the Bible says about becoming recession proof. Not being moved by natural circumstance, not being moved by what the world tells you, but only being moved by what God's word tells you. As people are jumping on, I want you to type in the comments, I'm only moved. And on Facebook and YouTube, I want you to give this video a thumbs up, share it with somebody that needs to know what the Bible says pertaining to becoming recession proof. Hello, Parker, Sandra, Ashlyn, Milton. Good to see you, everyone. Lupita, hello, God bless you. King Henry, King Henry, good to see you. King Henry the third. I felt last week that I had to do this series because I've been hearing a lot of talk pertaining to the World Economic Forum and everybody prophesying that there's going to be a recession coming. Everybody talking about how things are going haywire in the earth. And we know that they are. The Bible prophesies it. Jesus said, these signs will show you that I am coming back again. He said there's going to be famines in the earth. There's going to be plagues in the earth. There's going to be earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars and nation will rise against nation. He said all of these things are going to happen in the earth to show you that he's coming back soon. But he said, don't worry about it. These things must happen in order for me to come back. He didn't say as these things happen that you're going to fall into the trap of everything that's happening in the earth. No, we know that because we're in covenant with God, we're held above what happens in this earth. Although what happens in this earth when it comes to recession and plagues and famine, all those, although those things might affect the people in the earth, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Therefore, we have angelic help. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. We're protected by God's word. The shield of faith quenches every fiery dart of the enemy. So no matter what the devil tries to throw at your life when it comes to your finances, your health, your relationships, it doesn't matter what plan. The Bible says any weapon that is formed against you will not prosper. There might be weapons and they might be formed against you, but you're guaranteed they will not prosper if you stand on God's word. So I want you to write down, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Hey, Pastor Jay, God bless you, brother. I love you. No weapon formed against me will prosper. If other Christians want to fall into the trap of the recession, go for it. If they want to start storing up food in their basement, go for it. The ravens will bring me my food if that's what's necessary. I'm not moved by what happens and what's prophesied by Facebook prophets. I'm moved by the word. And that's what we're talking about today. Number two to our seven keys, which I've got more than seven now. It's probably up to about 10. And I think I'm going to turn this into a book before anybody else does. Praise God. Hey, Jeremiah and Amber, Jorge and Bella. Good to see you on YouTube. Make sure you share this on Instagram and on YouTube. This is part two to supernatural keys that will make you recession proof. 
Meaning that if recession comes your way, it bounces off. Recession goes around you. Recession is afraid of you. It doesn't come near your house. Hey, look at that. Jeremiah said, if I can get off Sunday, we will make our way to church. Jeremiah, I'm joining faith with you right now. That you get off on Sunday and you come to Faith Church Ruston. You and Amber, come check it out. We'd love to meet you in person. If you come, I already told, if you can stay the night, I'll pay for your hotel. And I'd like to take you out for lunch. My treat. So I hope you come. Part number two, how to become recession-proof. Amen, I like your faith. I think I covered two points yesterday. Point number one being, you will have what you say. So in Numbers 13 and 14, when the spies went out, it says that 10 spies came back and brought an evil report saying that there's giants in the land, there's enemies in the land, and we're not able to possess the land. But two rose up, Joshua and Caleb, with a spirit of faith, and they said, we are well able to possess the land. So we are of the two, we are not of the ten. Point number two was being a tither. When you're a tither and a giver, the Bible says you enter into financial covenant with God. And God blesses your finances. He rebukes the devourer for your sake so that the devil cannot come in and steal anything from you. Because we know that the thief is coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Your adversary, the devil, goes around as a lion or like a lion, seeking who he may devour. So when you're a tither and a giver, you may not be devoured by the devil. The devourer is rebuked for your sake. He cannot come near your house. Somebody type in the comments, the devil cannot come near my house. The devil cannot come near your house when you're a tither and a giver. And the Lord will open up the windows of heaven and bless your finances. Point number three on supernatural keys to becoming recession-proof is creating perpetual harvests. You can write this down. Number three, creating perpetual harvests. And as you're jumping on on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, do me a favor and share this with somebody. These are supernatural keys to becoming recession-proof. Number three, creating perpetual harvest. Go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Go to chapter 11. Number three key to becoming recession-proof is creating perpetual harvests. When a farmer scatters seed, he doesn't scatter seed one summer and reap his harvest in the fall and live off of that for the rest of his life. He scatters seed every season that is a season of planting. <clears throat> as soon as spring comes, he starts planting seeds. It's the same way with your finances. The Bible says there's a season for everything. In Genesis chapter 8, God said that seed time and harvest time, I will not remove from the earth. So there's a time to sow and there's a time to reap. Understand that you can constantly sow in a fashion that makes you constantly reap. Perpetual 
harvests. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Listen to this. Cast your bread upon the waters. Your bread being your finances. We got to get that bread. You know what I'm saying? Your seed is your bread. Your money. Cast your bread upon the waters. For you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even eight. For you do not know what calamity may happen on the earth. Can you get my uh, Amplified Bible? It might be in my room on my nightstand. Give a portion to seven or even eight. For you do not know what calamity may happen on the earth. So we sow to seven or even eight. And I'm going to tell you my testimony with this. For you don't know what calamity might come on the earth. It doesn't say you'll be moved by that calamity. But it says when calamity does come, when you've given seven or eight different streams of giving, seven or eight different fields that you've planted seed in, seven or eight different waves that you've cast your bread upon, you're guaranteed not to be moved by calamity. Verse 3, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty out on the land. And if a tree falls to the north or south, in the place that the tree falls, there it will be. Thank you. There it will be. Verse 4. He, I want you to highlight this and underline it in your Bible. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Meaning that if a planter is looking at what's happening in the earth, if he's looking at what the news is saying, if he's looking at what Facebook prophets are saying, if he's constantly being moved by what everybody else is saying versus what the word says, he won't sow. Because he's going to say, ah, the wind is blowing that direction. So if I scatter my seed, it's going to blow off the field. Or if he's constantly regarding the clouds, he will not reap. So don't look at what natural circumstance is telling you. Just sow continuously. Verse 5. As you do not know the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is this child. Likewise, you do not know the work of God who has made everything. Verse 6, underline this and highlight it. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6. In the morning, sow your seed. And in the evening, do not let your hand rest. Sow your seed in the morning and in the evening. Because you do not know which, activ act which activity will find success, this way or that way, or if the both will be good. So as you cast your seed on the water, verse 1, it says you will find it after many days. What happens with creating perpetual harvests is you'll constantly start throwing seed out. It doesn't mean that you have to empty your bank account every opportunity that you get to sow a seed. But what it means is that as you continuously sow seed, those waves will continually, perpetually bring back your harvest. It creates a perpetual harvest in your life to where you never go many days without receiving a harvest. When I got a hold of this revelation, I remembered the proverb that said, a wise man invests his money in seven or even eight different streams of investments. And I remember when I was reading that, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said, Talon, where you sow your seed is no different than investments. And then I was taken to this scripture. 
where it says to sow in seven or even eight different streams. At the time, I was prospering, but not in a fashion to where I was living abundantly. I was still reaping harvest enough to survive. <laughs> so I didn't lack any good thing. But I wasn't self-sufficient. I wasn't living in abundance to where I could give all the time. So I tapped into this and I increased my giving to seven or eight different ministries. That's why we now give to 11 different ministries. I started with two, increased to seven and then eight. And now we give to 11 ministries each and every month. When I tapped into giving to seven and eight ministries, we went like this. Shoot. It wasn't even gradual. It was like overnight we were taken to another level financially. And I started casting bread on the water continuously. And as I began to sow seed continuously, perpetual harvests came into my life. As you continuously sow, a good example is my friend John Stafford. John Stafford, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to pick on him. I'm saying it to use it as an example because he's a phenomenal giver. He's a great example of this. He might not give $1,000 seeds, but every time we do a live stream, hey, John's on here right now. John, I'm using you as an example. So he might not be somebody that's sending $5,000 or $10,000 into the ministry. Not everybody is at that level, but he gives almost every single live stream. He'll throw $25, $100, and over time, it builds up. So in a given month, he probably gives probably five, $600 a month some months. I, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Upwards of a couple hundred dollars. But what it does is it's actually creating perpetual harvests in his life. As he continually is sowing seed, every opportunity that he gets, I heard it put this way one time, never miss an opportunity to sow your seed. God's not asking you to give so that he can make you broke. He's asking you to give to bring breakthrough to your finances. So never miss an opportunity to sow seed. It doesn't mean you have to empty your bank account every time there's an opportunity to give. But when there's an opportunity to give, take it. Even if it's $25, $50, even if it's $5, always take an opportunity to sow because it says you don't know which one will prosper. You sow in the morning, you sow in the evening. You sow every opportunity that you get because every seed sown is a harvest coming your way. Somebody type in the comments, there's a harvest coming my way. Hallelujah. So the third way that you become recession-proof is by creating perpetual harvests in your life. And I'll even encourage you to do this. This helped me a lot. Doing taxes every year. You're forced to see where your finances are going. And although I'm a big giver, sometimes you're like, dang, I gave that much. <laughs> I remember when I told my tax guy how much I gave last year, he looked at me like hysterically. He was like, yeah, I can get you a break if you've, if you've given at least $300. Uh, 
um, to, to charitable donations. And I just kind of snickered. I was like, yeah. And when he saw how much we give, he was like awestruck. It almost seems fake. Like, are you lying on your taxes? You really give that much? Yeah, we give that much. My pastors give 30%. Therefore, I give 30%. I follow them as they follow the Lord. Praise the Lord. So you should be such a giver that it shocks your tax guy. (laughs) But what happened was I saw how much I was giving and I put a demand on it. I was like, whoa, I didn't even know that's how much I gave last year. And you start realizing what the Bible says about your seed. And I'm like, there's millions of dollars worth of harvest waiting out there for me to reap. So you start putting a demand on what you've sown. Keep tabs on the seed that you've, that you've sown. Keep tabs on the bread you've thrown on the water. And start calling those harvests in. Angels cause the word to work. I know I've sown this amount. Bring that money in. And you start putting your angels to work. And you're going to watch those harvests come in perpetually. Perpetually. Meaning constantly. Harvest after harvest. Reaping them in. Point number four. Learn to stand on your generosity. Amber said 30% of what? Tithe? No, so I give 10% tithe and then I give 20% on top of that. So the tithe means the 10%. 10% is your tithe. Anything after 10% is your giving. So I give the tithe, 10% tithe, and then 20% on top of that. So a 30% giver. Now, I'm not preaching this as a doctrine. You don't have to be a 30% giver. My pastors are 30% givers, and I follow them as they follow the Lord. Therefore, I'm a 30% giver. At least a 30% giver. Number four, learn to stand on your generosity. As you're jumping on on Instagram and on YouTube and on Facebook, these are supernatural keys to becoming recession-proof. To becoming recession-proof. Isaiah 32.8. Go there with me. Isaiah 32.8. Somebody type that in the comments for me, for people that are jumping on. Isaiah 32.8. Isaiah, the 32nd chapter, the 8th verse. So this translation says the noble, other translations say the generous. But the noble devises noble things, and by noble things he stands. The other translation says, A generous man devises or gives things generously, and upon his generosity he stands. So as a generous person, you learn to devise things generously. You learn to sow things generously. And then you end up standing on your generosity. My pastors, Pastor Stan and Mary Pody, they say you learn to live 
by your giving. Oftentimes people will ask me, they're like, and I'm not even kidding, this is genuinely. They're like, you're 26 years old. How do you survive doing what you do? On social media, in person, it just doesn't, it, it can't click with, with the natural mind. It seems almost impossible. Even spiritual people are like, how do you make a living? And I tell them, I make a living by my giving. Somebody type in the comments. I can make a living by my giving. I can make a living by my giving. I can stand on my generosity. Everywhere I go, I give out Pentecostal handshakes. So now everywhere I go, I receive Pentecostal handshakes. When I find out somebody's a missionary, if I find out somebody's an evangelist, if I find out somebody's going to Bible or Bible school, if I find out somebody has a call of God on their life or they have a need in their life that I can meet, I purpose it in my heart to meet their need and to be generous at all costs. And because of that, I live on my generosity. I never ever have to worry about lack in my life because I'm an over and above giver. Therefore, I'm an over and above liver, not the organ. Yeah. So I make a living by my giving. When you have revelation on this, you'll stand on your generosity. This is point number four to becoming recession proof. Be generous. All the time. Every time. Right on time. Praise the Lord. One more scripture on that. Go with me to Proverbs 25. Sorry, Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11, verses 24 and 25. There is one who scatters, yet increases. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Let me see what the Amplified says. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. And the Amplified. There are those who generously scatter abroad, and yet they increase more. There are those who withhold more than is fitting, or what is justly due, but it results only in want or poverty. <clears throat> the generous person shall be enriched, and he who waters shall himself be watered. Or another translation says, he who refreshes others shall himself be refreshed. So in Proverbs 11, 24, and 25, it says, when you're generous and you sow constantly, you actually grow wealthy by your giving. But somebody who holds on, or like my pastor says, they get all they can, they can all they get, and then they sit on the can. 
people that hold everything that comes into them. They start stuffing money under their mattress. They start hiding it behind pictures in their house. When they start saving things out of a fear, under a spirit of fear, it actually tends to poverty. But as you scatter all the more, you actually increase and become wealthy. There's a blessing that comes on you that causes you to increase. You stand on your generosity. You start making a living by your giving. And you don't go backwards because the devourer is rebuked for your sake. Praise the Lord. You make a living by your giving. Praise God. That makes me happy. Makes me very happy. You can write this down for point number four as well. Over and above giving produces over and above living. Hello in the Philippines. God bless you. Over and above living or giving produces over and above living. Hello, Evangelist Ankit. I love you. God bless you. Thanks for joining. Over and above giving produces over and above living. Point number four to becoming recession proof. No matter what Facebook prophets try to tell you, no matter what the news tries to tell you, these are ways that the Bible makes you able to remain recession-proof. Over and above giving produces over and above living. In 1 Chronicles 29, it says that David and his mighty men gave offerings to build the temple. God said, it's Solomon's duty, your son, to build the temple. And David said, well, you know what? You know what? Let's go there together. Go with me to 1 Chronicles 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Look at this. Verse 1, King David said to all the assembly, Solomon, my son, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. And the work is great since the palace is not for a man, but for the Lord, your God. So David knew the importance of building the house of God. He said, this is a great work. This isn't for little boys or inexperienced people. This is going to take some work. So verse 2, I want you to highlight this. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 2. So with all my might, I have prepared for the house of my God. Gold things for gold, silver for the things of silver, and bronze for the things of bronze. Iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood. So David said, with all my might, I have prepared to give to the house of God. Many people just bring their leftovers. And throw it in the offering bucket. David purposed with all of his might to give to the house of God. In 
And you can read this all on your own, but he ended up giving $1.5 billion out of his own personal treasury. His over and above giving produced his over and above living. Verse 3, he said, Moreover, in my devotion to the house of my God, I have offered from my own property. And he lists all the things he gives out of his own pocket. There's one more thing I want to find. Verse 9, after they gave, it says that they gave so much in verse 9, then the people rejoiced because they had offered willingly. So with your giving and a willing heart, give yourself into a posture of rejoicing. Give yourself, give so much that you're literally like, dude, I got to rejoice because I just gave the best I have. And even if you sow in tears, the Bible says you will reap with shouts of joy. Learn how to be a big and over and above giver to the house of God, and you will become recession proof. Another verse in that chapter says, I set my affection on the house of God. I set my affection on the house of God. When you set your affection on what God is doing in the earth, God will set his affection on you. You build God's house, God will build your house. You take care of God's kids, God will take care of your kids. Set your affection, your finances. Remember, Jesus said where a man's money is, there his heart is also. Set your affection on the things of God. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Hey, minister. God bless you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Amplified. I want to read it to you in the Amplified. Your over and above giving will produce your over and above living. This is what Paul had to say about it. Second Corinthians 9. Starting in verse 6. Remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. Let each one give as he has made up in his own mind and purposed in his own heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. Praise the Lord. So when you're an over and above giver, you're guaranteed to be recession proof because God says he cannot do without you in the earth. When God sees that you're an over and above giver, he actually favors you above other people. A lot of people don't like to hear that. Everyone likes to believe that the ground at the foot of the cross is level. 
And it is. But like Brother Jonathan says, every step after the cross is very unlevel. <laughs> God says when you're an over and above giver, He actually gives you special favor and will treat you above other people. A prompt to do it, joyous giver whose heart is in their giving. God says he cannot do without you in the earth. These are supernatural keys to becoming recession proof. No matter what happens in the earth's finances and economy, you are not shaken by it because you stand on the word of God. That's right. Jeremiah said the cross was on a hill. You're right. You would think people would get that. As you're jumping on on Instagram and YouTube, go ahead and share this with people. Yes, Michelle, this teaching does start every day at the same time, 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. And everybody that's been asking about your books, they're all coming. <laughs> Look at that. Just had a testimony come in. John said, I had $90 in my checking account this morning. I got the refund for excursions on the cruise that I couldn't go on. What the enemy meant for evil, the Lord used for my good. Seed to sow. That's right. John's a continual sower, and he's reaping continual harvest. And I'll tell you what, this will help you too. People that give different and give big, they get favor. Not just from God, but from men of God. Like John Stafford, because of how often he gives to this ministry, I pray different for him. People that give big amounts, Michelle gave $1,000 to the ministry the other day. I pray different for those people. It says in Genesis chapter 27, Amber and Jeremiah, they're extremely generous people. Brother Colton on Instagram, and there's a ton of you. Megan, I could name all of you. People that are generous to this ministry, I pray different for you. In Genesis 27, it says that there's something that happens when you compel a man of God to bless you. When people are generous, it compels people of God to bless you. It says, my soul will bless you. Compel my soul to bless you. So for example, there's a great man of God, Pastor Mark Hankins. And the first time I met him, he gave me all of his books that he had at the time for free. Most people would have taken that offer and been like, hallelujah, I just reaped a harvest. I just got all these amazing books for free. And they would have left it at that. I took it as an opportunity that when everybody else would have taken those books and ran, I gave what wasn't a significant seed to him. I mean, he's got like over, he's got $150,000 a week that comes into his ministry. But at the time, it was a significant seed. You know, it's like a beginning ministry just getting off the ground. I took $300 and I sent it to him for the books. And although it might not have been a massive seed, it was enough to compel his heart. And he's a general in the faith. I got a text message a few days later from him thanking me for my giving. And he began to send me scriptures and praying for me. And it's the same thing with my pastors. Pastor Stan and Mary Pody. I, I do my best to give abundantly to them. To compel them to also bless me. So that they pray different for me. 
Because the Bible says it's the fervent, effectual prayer of a what? Of a righteous man that has great power as it is working. When you sow seed into a righteous man and woman of God, enough to compel their soul to bless you, they will pray differently for you. So know that. I didn't even have that in the notes. I'll probably add it. Sow seed that compels people to pray different for you. Because there's people that can pray with a spirit of faith that will totally change the course of your life. It says one will put a thousand to flight and two will put 10,000 to flight. Your prayers will put a thousand enemies to flight in your life. You and your pastor's prayers will put 10,000 enemies to flight. You get your pastor praying for you. You get people praying for you because you've sown big seed. And watch how everything in your life will change. Now, I'm not saying just sow seed so that they pray different for you. You don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm saying it's an aspect of your giving. Pastor Mark Hankins shares a phenomenal story of when he was saving up money for a private jet so that he could preach more places. He had $200,000 saved up. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you're going to buy yourself a private jet before your father in the faith has a private jet? And so he said, you're right, Lord, that's, that's wrong. I can't be doing that. So he took that $200,000 and he sent it to his father in the, in the faith, Kenneth Hagin. I guarantee you, after receiving that $200,000, Kenneth Hagin prayed much different for Pastor Hankins than he did for other people. And there's a reason why Pastor Hankins carries something that other people don't. Praise God. All right, let's keep reading this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, I believe. So when you're an over and above abundant giver, this is what God says. And God is able to make all grace, not some grace, not most grace, not a little bit more than others. He makes all grace and every favor and earthly blessing, not in heaven, when you're like, I'm going to give big here on the earth. And then when I get to heaven, God's going to have many riches stored up for me. Amen. Yes, but it's not limited to heaven. Every favor and earthly blessing will come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient. I want you to write that down and put it in the comments. My giving makes me self-sufficient. My giving makes me self-sufficient. I don't rely on the government. I don't rely on what the government says about money because my giving actually makes me self-sufficient. I'm not government-sufficient. I'm not my job-sufficient. Because of my giving... God has now blessed me and made me self-sufficient. Verse 9, as it is written, he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad. Just like, remember, it says, as it is written. It's talking about Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. He gives to the poor his deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. 
Verse 10, And God who provides seed to the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus you will be enriched, verse 11, in all things and in every way, so that you can be generous in your generosity as it is, administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Your giving will make you self-sufficient and God will multiply your seed sown and your bread. Highlight that in your Bible, verse 10. There's a difference between your seed and there's a difference between your bread. God gives you seed to sow when he multiplies your financial seed. But he also gives you enough to where you have bread to enjoy yourself and survive. So he increases your seed and increases your bread. But don't mistake your seed for your bread. Don't eat your seed. Eat your bread. Meaning that when you have a harvest come in, there is a part of that harvest that is your seed being multiplied back to you for you to continue to sow. So don't eat every harvest that comes in. Separate the seed from the bread. Eat the bread. Enjoy the bread. Sow the seed and keep it coming in. Perpetual harvests. These are supernatural keys to becoming recession-proof. Praise God. When you give large amounts, you become self-sufficient. When you give continuously, you become perpetually harvesting. And your seed and your bread is multiplied. The grace on your life is multiplied. And you move up higher. I'll tell you one more story and then I'm going to pray for people this morning. There's a great man of God named Lester Summerall, Dr. Lester Summerall. He was alive in the 1900s, and he was alive during the Great Depression. And he said the most prosperous time in his ministry was actually during the Great Depression, when inflation was at its highest in America. People were literally starving to death on the streets. But his ministry was more prosperous than any time before or after. And people asked him, what? How, how is that? And he said, well, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to start taking offerings like they did in the Bible. Have people bring their chickens and their eggs and their hogs and their cows and their livestock as their offerings. And he said that every person that would bring their chickens, their pigs, their cows, their sheep, their goats, their livestock to his church for offerings multiplied and prospered and they never lacked for even a moment during the Great Depression. And they asked people in the church, how are the people in your church? Are they lacking money? He said, no, this is actually the most prosperous time because they found a way to even bring their livestock. You always have something to give. And when you give, God will always multiply you and increase you abundantly. So just like in the Old Testament, when they would bring their livestock as their offerings and God would multiply their livestock, he did it again, even in the modern day. 
God always has a way to supply your every need. That's right. Brother Colton's on Instagram. He said, our business prospered during COVID. Me too. In a time when many people were leaving the ministry, I started one. (laughs) And it's only been two years and God has prospered us tremendously. Brought every person, every right person around us. Made us able to meet the needs of others. Connected us with an amazing man and woman of God, Pastor Stan and Mary Pody, And moved us up. When all men were saying there's a casting down, we were saying there's a rising up. And we moved up higher. I prophesy in the name of Jesus, as you sow big, as you believe big, as everybody else is saying recession, you will say I am moving up higher. You will have the best year, the best two years, the best decade of your life, financially and in every area of your life. When other people are leaving the ministry, when other people are dropping out of their jobs, when other people are being annihilated, when the locust is eating the heathen's food, you will be prospering abundantly. You will move up higher in these next two years than you ever have in any other year before. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, these are the supernatural keys to remaining recession-proof. We'll resume on Thursday. Tomorrow, we're going to pray for the sick. We do that on Wednesday. So if you are sick, if you know anybody that needs healing in their body, get them to join us tomorrow morning at 1130 a.m. And we're going to pray for the sick. People are going to be healed. But before we get going, I want to give people an opportunity to give to the ministry. Act on the word you just heard. Now is the time to enter into perpetual harvest and to become recession-proof. Now is the time to move up higher financially. Start now. Don't wait until they're saying the recession is hit. Start now. I encourage you, ask the Lord what would represent your best today. And give to the mission of God and the earth. Currently, we're feeding 1,200 kids in other countries each and every month. Come August, we're up in that to 1,500 kids a month. And we're just going to keep on growing. We have 11 other ministries that God has blessed us to give to financially each month. We're reaching the thousands, the multitudes on social media. And we are officially moved down to Ruston, Louisiana. And sitting under Pastor Stan and Mary Pody, helping to serve at Faith Church and plugged into the vision there. God is doing a mighty work at Faith Church Ruston. So I'm going to give people an opportunity to sow to what God is doing here. In Jesus' name, if you're believing for financial breakthrough, I'll tell you a testimony that changed my life. There was a time when I had about $600 in my bank account. And I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. I was currently, or at the time, I was getting ready to go down to a minister's conference in Florida. 
So I needed every dollar that I had to get down there and to get back and to make sure my rent was paid for the month and to make sure I could survive. And the Lord told me to send $540 to a certain individual, a minister. Now, I didn't know that they were believing for a financial breakthrough in their own life. But it actually ended up being an answered prayer to them. So I was like, Lord, I've only got 600. You know how you try to talk God out of giving sometimes? God, I've only got $600 in my bank account. You can't be asking me to give it. I was doing that. But I did it, and I was sweating. I, I literally remember sitting on my couch sweating when I gave that $540. I was like, whoa. There better be a God. <laughs> and so I gave that $540, and about a week later, I was down at that conference, and every time that a thought would come up, the devil would try to lie to me and say, you're going to be broke. You're not going to get home. You're not going to pay your rent this month. You're going to look like a fool. You're going to bring shame and reproach to the body of Christ. People are going to mock you. You teach and preach that prosperity is a real thing, but now you're broke. You can't pay your rent. When all of those things started coming at me, I would just laugh at the devil. I'd just say, ha ha. God's word is true. My harvest is coming my way. Thank you, Lord, that as I give, it's given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'm reaping an abundant harvest because I give abundantly. And about a week later, a man of God came up to me at a minister's conference, shook my hand, and said, I'm going to start sending you $1,000 a month for the next 12 months. And he did. That $500 turned into $12,000, and he didn't stop after 12 months. He still sends this ministry $1,000 every month, and we're very blessed by him. So just when it looks like your giving is about to break you, what it's really about to do is break something loose for you. Or as I like to say, if it's not enough to meet your need, I needed financial breakthrough in my life. If $500 was about to break my bank account, I needed breakthrough in my life. There's people on here right now, $500 would break you. You might not even have $500 saved up. When I gave it, it broke me out of that. And I also applied everything I've been teaching you this week. So be encouraged. Sow seed that'll break you out of where you're at right now. And watch God do a miracle for you. These are the different ways you can give. Cash app, dollar sign, Revival Way. Venmo at Revival Way. PayPal at Revival Way. Or you can give on our website, RevivalWay.com. You can click Partner Financially today. And I encourage you, if you're not a monthly partner with the ministry, become a monthly partner. Join the vision of Revival Way Ministries, and now the vision of Faith Church Ruston, which is the vision that we are also submitted to, and what God is doing here at Faith Church in Ruston, Louisiana. And those of you that are financial partners or have given large sums, you will receive an email today for our partner Zoom call tonight at 8 p.m. You don't want to miss the partner Zoom call. They are powerful. Life-changing. That's right. John Stafford said, I'm with you, Amber and Jeremiah. I will visit Ruston, Louisiana someday and meet y'all for one of your meetings. Amen. I believe 
God's making a way for people to move here. And that leads me on to my next point. On YouTube, you can see right now, if you don't have a home church and you need one, if you're desiring to be a vessel of honor for God in these last days, the most important place you can be is plugged into a good church. So I encourage you to move to Faith Church Ruston, Louisiana, just like I did. Where the power of God is on display, where the word of God is preached with anointing, where there's no compromise. Come get trained up. Pray and ask the Lord. We've already had some monthly partners that have chosen to be obedient and move here with us. Now this is what, and I'm going to be blunt here. I'm not saying this to, to be mean. I'm just being honest. Just because you moved to Ruston, Louisiana does not mean you're going to like come here and be my best friend and I'm going to hang out with you all the time. That's not what this is about. Some people would think that that's the case. That's not the case. If you move to Faith Church, Ruston, Louisiana, make sure you're doing it because God is calling you to be in a place to be raised up to carry revival to this generation. Don't come here for me. Don't come here to get secret access. Now that is, that is part of sitting under the anointing. But it doesn't mean that you're just going to move here and I'm just going to like hang out with you all the time and we're going to be best buds. Highly unlikely. <laughs> just to be honest. But if you are looking for a home church and you know you need to be raised up, this is the place to be. All right, we'll go back to our giving slide. I want to pray for people that are giving. And I'm going to believe God for financial breakthrough, for the anointing to prosper, to come on your life right now, to make you recession-proof so that no plan of the enemy prospers in your life. So thank you for everybody that's giving. You make a big difference, and we're very thankful for you. Anyone that gives $100 or more, you can email support at revivalway.com and say, I've given $100 or more, and we will send you my books absolutely for free. Anybody that gives $1,000 or more, you'll get both of my books and a book of my choice that will change your financial situation forever the same way it did for me. So you can email support at revivalway.com. Let them know how much you gave in your mailing address and we'll get your books to you. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I release the anointing to prosper on every giver today. I call them up higher. I declare a new level for them. As they give, they move up higher today. The devourer is rebuked for their sake. And I thank you that a mighty harvest is coming into their hands. Angels cause the word to work. Satan, take your hands off of their money. We worship you with our giving today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Praise God, praise God. Well, thank you everyone for your giving. And those of you, I'll, I'll encourage you one more time. Those of you that wanted to give, but you something's holding you back, don't be held back. I remember sitting on that couch and sweating. And I'm very thankful that I gave that day because it broke something off of me. And it broke something loose in the spirit for me. Be a big giver.
and watch God make you recession-proof. I thank you for your giving. I love you. I bless you abundantly in the name of the Lord. And I'll see you tomorrow morning at 11.30 a.m. We're going to be praying for the sick. John Stafford, yes, 8 p.m. Central is 9 p.m. for Easter. Tonight. Amen, Chelsea. Chelsea said, okay, I'm going to send a sweet seed. This is going to break the flood open. Hallelujah. There you go. Chelsea has an amazing giving testimony. <laughs> She's been giving and giving and giving, and the Lord's been blessing her. Blessing her, blessing her. And he'll do it for you too. Thank you for your giving, Chelsea. You make a big difference. We're very thankful for you. We're thankful for everyone. Be blessed. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Adios.